Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 through 22. Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ, alienated from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility Mm -hmm. by abolishing the law of commandments expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace, and might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing all the hostility. He came, and he preached peace to you who were far off, and peace to those who are near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then, you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Hmm. Built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Wow, what a beautiful passage today. Um, this this is the sort of passage that just makes me love the messy, dramatic thing that is the church, you know, because I think when we think of the church, we can uh, throw a bunch of stupid labels like evangelicalism or blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, what the church really is, is it's a ragtag group of people who you know, by all earthly accounts should have nothing in common, you know, should even be, you know, hostile towards one another. And Jesus has made us all one. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, I love this passage and it really is such a great reminder that Jesus is, you know, the cross is becomes this common place where, you know, uh, I think somebody, I can't remember who made a comment, um, about, how they like when me and Jennifer McClish will do ODR together because it's like just two people who never ever would like have, you know, yeah. we, like we're, we're just two very different people in terms of like, you know, she's an empty nester mom. I'm a 24 year old dude. Um, but then because of the cross, you know, it's like we can get together and talk about the word of God and it's That's like right. awesome. So love this passage, Thomas, I'm, I'm going to be done yakking and I would love to hear your thoughts on, uh, this passage from the latter half of Ephesians chapter two. I mean, <clears throat> I, I agree with everything you just said. It is such a powerful passage. I, I do. It is interesting. Um, Paul, he, he, at one point in Philippians, he says, forgetting what is behind, I press on towards what is ahead. But here through the Holy spirit, he says to remember. Yeah. Um, and that's an interesting thought. Like it is good to reflect on what the Lord has done. Mm-hmm. It's good to reflect on who we are in Christ and where he's brought us from. Uh, if he saved you when you were six years old, 
it is good to remember that he saved you when you were six years old. If he yeah. saved you when you were 26 years old, it is good to remember that he saved you when you were 26 years old because it kind of puts everything in perspective. It, it's, it summarizes, that summarizes the gospel message in verses one through 10 of this chapter. And then it helps us remember that, man, just like the church in Ephesus, I once was uh, an outcast. I was yeah. not a part of God's family and I was separated from Christ. I was alienated. Um, and, you know, he, he brought us in um, and helped us become part of the covenant of promise. Yeah. Uh, so I just think that's, <clears throat> I, I think that that remembering is, uh, it's just good. It's important for us to, to do. Um, and that goes back to an old uh Francis Chan and David Platt did a thing several years ago. And uh, one of the things I remember from their little duo uh, was you should preach the gospel to yourself daily. Yep. What a great duo, first of all. Not bad. Love Francis Chan. Not bad. Francis is always going to cry and be emotional and passionate. Yeah. And David's always going to say, we have two more hours of Bible study. Yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) And like, they just both are so genuine, love the Lord. Um, But I had never hadn't heard anybody say that that succinctly before. But if you preach the gospel to yourself every day, one, it's on your it's on your lips to be able to share with others. Yeah. But two, it reminds me, apart from Christ, I don't have anything. Absolutely. And what a what an incredible work he did. And it kind of yeah. renews me to want to to go and serve and live for him. Yeah. You know, I uh, one thing I've been thinking a lot about lately is uh which this could become a huge theological wormhole, which I'm not interested in it becoming that but you know there's this idea called replacement theology um that some people at christ covenant would subscribe to some wouldn't and i'm not even going to present a view on it but it's basically this idea that the church replaces israel um kind of post-christ and so basically um you know whenever you like read back over scripture and it's talking about israel it's like plug in the church and christendom and it's like plug and play right and it's way more nuanced than that. But that's just kind of like my uh, immature boiling down of it. But, uh, you know, basically I, that's kind of like the environment that I was raised in. And I would say like there are benefits to that because I think um, we can be so confused by like how the Bible talks about Israel and the people of God that it is helpful to like see yourself in the story of scripture. But I think one of the negative uh you know, one of the negative impacts that it's had on my theology really until this year is when I think about the nations in scripture, Mm. I think of like China, I think of like the Middle East and Africa. And I think subconsciously of like America as like home base, Mm. you know? Yeah. And like the nation, so like take the gospel of the nations, every tribe, tongue, nation, it's like all out there. And I'm kind of in the home base. And I think what the Lord's been opening my eyes to is when the Bible talks about the people who are far off ethnically, the people on the fringes of the earth, like that is us. Like we are the nations because the fact, you know, Peter early on, if he would have known that me, a guy of Anglo-Saxon descent, which, you know, was totally outside of his even like peripherals culturally, like yeah. the, to know that there are millions of Christians of my ethnicity 
that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is Ephesians 2, the latter half, you know, talking about Jesus appearing, not only speaking peace to the nation of Israel, but speaking peace to those who are far off. That's right. Like that is America. And so, you know, I think we can lose an appreciation for that. I'm obviously very pro Great Commission and pro missions and all that. But I think we can kind of take for granted that like the gospel, doing gospel work in Atlanta is the gospel at work in the nations. You know, Atlanta is not the home base of Christianity. Like we are the nations Yeah, that the Bible is talking about. We're the Gentiles. And we should like be able to see that and appreciate that the Holy Spirit is doing what he said he was going to do. Yeah. It's a, I didn't know where you were going to go when you said there was a big theological wormhole. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, we are, we are the Gentiles and we were the most separated from Christ. We didn't have, mm-hmm. I mean, tracing our lineages all the way back, unless you come from a Jewish background, we're the most separated. Absolutely. And if, in fact, Peter had to have a vision of unclean animals coming down and the Lord saying, kill and eat for mm-hmm. him to start to understand Oh, the gospel should go should go way out, yeah. um, and we're beneficiaries of that. Absolutely. So it's very incredible that uh, that we sit here with our thirty different translations at the tip of our fingers, oh, yes, yes. all in English. Um, and it, but it is it is a warning that we do need to be. This is another side note, but since you started it, come on. I do think we need to be very careful that we don't think we have the corner of the market of God. Like yes. we don't have that corner. Um, we're beneficiaries. We've been given a lot of great tools, but it is to bless the kingdom of God. Come on, not to not to make arguments of well, we're right. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So I think that's, um, I, I think that's an important thing for us to to recall. Getting back though to part of this this text, we we didn't like totally deviate from it, but I, I think um, yeah, just making it a little more clear the connection yeah. Um, I do think that, uh, again, there's, it doesn't say, but God, but it does, it does say, but, and it says, but now in Christ Jesus, verse 13, once again, he, he does, he does this thing where he paints a picture of us, um, those far off from God. And he says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have brought, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. And I think maybe just a real practical concept here would be hey when we want to sin if we're christians when we want to sin what we're really doing is we're wanting to push ourselves back further from god Mm -hmm. and now i'm not saying we lose salvation we don't lose salvation but we can cut that fellowship part and i just think just a real caution to me to you to everybody listening if there's a temptation to sin today and there will be just maybe really ask the question is that thing, that sin, is it, is it better than Jesus? Mm-hmm. Do you, would you really rather go far from Jesus and go near that sin? Mm-hmm. Or don't you want to stay near to the Lord in that fellowship? Mm-hmm. And I just think like salv- salvifically, we're always near to the Lord. We're his, we're his children, but relationally we can ebb and flow. Absolutely. And this to me is just another reminder of man. No, there's nothing better than Jesus. Absolutely. So let Lord open our eyes so that we know, like I'm tempted to walk, walk far from you and I don't need to. 
Absolutely. And I think we should also just be instructed by this passage that we should be people who are zealous for peace mm. yes. among the the kingdom of God. Yeah. And, you know, peace doesn't sell um, and it doesn't get great ad space. And so sadly, the the church uh, lately, uh, specifically in the West, is not great about gravitating towards peace. You know, I think yeah. that phrase killing the hostility that Jesus killed the hostility uh, between, you know, the, the Jews and Gentiles as he made one new man. That word for kill, it's used uh, 244 times in the New Testament. And I'm looking at all of them right here. And just about. I was wondering uh, why your Bible was so thick. Yeah. yeah <laughs> no. But uh, just about every use of the word kill, it's, ta- it's murder. It's like talking about them killing Jesus, killing the prophets. Yeah, you know, it's, not, all, it's not. It's not a self defense thing. Yeah, it is. It is murder. But it's it's a very visceral word that's yeah. being used here, and so I think we should see, you know, Jesus. He he killed. He murdered hostility. Like we we should see the strength there, and see like that is what we are called into. You know that that we are not supposed to flirt with hostility we're not supposed to flirt with division um but that we should be adamantly pursuing peace um in the blood of jesus with one another and pursuing reconciliation and i I just think that that's a good thing that to have put in front of us that the mission of jesus is killing hostility um that we should long to see people reconciled to god and reconciled to one another in this kingdom that is built on the cornerstone of Jesus. I I love that reconciling together. In him you're being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. That reconciliation, um, that being at peace. I do th- I think you're exactly right, Will. We just got back from the Middle East. I know this I know we're going a little long, but we just got back from the Middle yeah. East and uh we were we were serving and studying over there and everybody has a soapbox. Everybody. And I, I mean, even believers of different backgrounds over there. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a soapbox, and nobody's willing to like to 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 take theirs out until somebody else takes their soapbox down. Yeah, absolutely. And this picture is a physical picture of of the temple. We're being built together like these stones that are cut that are meant to go side by side. Mm-hmm. And the only way we can do that is if we see the common humanity in all of us, yes. the common grace of Christ in all of us and realize we don't get to argue yeah. with who we are to love Absolutely. and especially other believers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, a great word, you know, with any of these passages, I just really hope I, with any ODR period, I hope that you're spending time outside of, um, you know, this, 15 minutes of talking about it, but especially with these, you know, Bear and I were talking about with uh, the first Ephesians passage, but with all these, it's like with every phrase, we could spend 15, 20 minutes talking about the implications of each little phrase in here. So get along with this passage today and let the Lord speak to you. Um, but for Thomas Nelson, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you tomorrow on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. 
If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.